I speak to you in the name of one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Throughout this pandemic, we Americans have baked a lot of bread. So much so that at one point there were flour and yeast shortages in stores all throughout the country. And there's something about baking bread that made it quite popular during quarantine. This process of adding yeast, kneading, proving, baking, and sharing bread with our loved ones became an existential comfort in a way for many during this time spent in lockdown. And perhaps in times of crisis, we gravitate towards those things that are life-giving. And bread is one of the foundational foods that has sustained human civilization. For the past couple of weeks, we have been hearing Jesus talk about bread and the bread of life, and we get more of that today. John's gospel is often known for its rich metaphors, its poetic language, and yes, you got it, its redundancy and its repetition. So here we are today with another gospel lesson, and spoiler, spoiler alert, next week you'll also hear a story where Jesus is talking about bread. The author of the Gospel of John uses this repetition as a tool to try to communicate something that is important but also difficult to understand. Have you ever been in one of those situations where something needs to be taught to you or communicated to you over and over and over again for it to finally sink in? I know I've been in those situations on more than one occasion. You can just ask my wife about that one. But in the lesson this morning, we encounter the first of the famous I am statements in John's gospel. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Now, this statement hearkens listeners back to the story of Moses and the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness and God's provision of manna, God's miraculous bread from heaven that sustained them both physically and spiritually. In John's gospel, the author interprets Jesus's identity through this story of manna. And when we look at the fourth gospel, and particularly at the chapter from which this morning's lesson comes, we start to see the comparisons. When manna was provided to the Israelites in the wilderness, God gave them special commands through Moses about how they were supposed to gather it for themselves and for their families. And one had to follow these instructions or else they saw the manna rot or they were not able to gather it up. As one scholar writes, living by manna meant living by God's word. And in John's gospel, as I'm sure you probably know, we hear from the very beginning that Jesus is God's word made flesh. And those who are drawn to this word, those who believe or trust in this word, have eternal life. 
Along those same lines, God gave Moses to perform, or gave Moses signs to perform in the wilderness so that the Israelites would trust that God sent Moses to them. And throughout John's gospel, Jesus performs signs so that his audience comes to trust in him. And just as the Israelites complain to Moses while they're in the wilderness, we hear the grumbling and complaining of the crowd in the story this morning that characterizes them as the Israelites in the Exodus story. This is all about Jesus' identity. Like Moses who communicates God's word to the Israelites in the wilderness, Jesus, God's word made flesh, communicates God's will and cultivates a relationship of trust between humanity and God. Jesus, the bread of life, draws us into the life-giving presence of the Holy One. There is, however, one way that Jesus suggests that he is different from manna. Those who eat of Jesus' bread do not die like the ancestors died in the wilderness, but live forever. And it's important to note that this is not a critique of the manna that God provided in the Hebrew Scriptures. The death of the first generation of the Israelites in the wilderness resulted because of the idolatry of Israel. It was not a defect of the manna that God provided. And rather, the critique, Jesus uses this to suggest that the bread that he offers leads to union with God that endures. And it's this sort of enduring relationship that Jesus points to when we hear him talk about eternal life and living forever. We often make the mistake of thinking that eternal life is something that happens after we die. It refers to going to heaven after we die. But that's not exactly what Jesus is getting at in this lesson or elsewhere throughout John's gospel. Notice when Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. The verbs are present tense. Jesus isn't only talking about life in some future heavenly existence. He's talking about a kind of life that is available to us in the here and the now. He's inviting his followers to participate in the divine life that is offered to us even in the present. And those who abide in Jesus, those who trust in Jesus, share in the creative force of the one who brought all things into being. In our tradition, one of the ways that we are drawn into this relationship is by coming to table, to Eucharist, to receive bread that has been taken, blessed, broken, and given so that we might be nourished, so that through Jesus, we might be drawn into a life that opens us up to God's enduring presence. It's a life that allows us to see the world the way God sees the world, to see that each and every one of us is God's beloved. 
There's a quote that's often attributed to St. Augustine that Reverend Bob mentioned last week in his sermon. And it said that as Augustine would celebrate the Eucharist, he would hold up the bread before he distributed it and say, behold what you are, become what you receive. It's an invitation to not only be nourished by the bread that Jesus offers, but also to be that bread to the world around us. To let our lives be taken, blessed, broken, and given every single day. So that we might be vehicles of God's love and God's self-giving presence in this world. Amen.